0: Dear Father in Heaven, thank you so much for giving us the privilege of life. Thank you for your mercies and love which you have bestowed graciously upon us. Dear Lord, there is a lot for us to learn in imitating our Lord Jesus Christ. We ask Lord that as we go through your word that your spirit shall be there upon us to impress on our hearts. The lessons so important for us that we may have a transformation of our character as we behold our lord jesus christ that the experiences of those who beheld him in the past shall be ours also on that note lord i ask please grant me of your spirit grant me of your grace put your words in my mouth for i have nothing to say to bless your children please lord for the sake of your son that died on the cross please bless us in jesus name i have afraid Amen. Conflict and Courage November 17 Secret Friends No Longer Joseph of Arimathea, being a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for fear of the Jews, besought Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus, and Pilate gave him leave, he came therefore and took the body of Jesus. And there came also Nicodemus, which at the first came to Jesus by night, and brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about an hundred pound weight. John chapter 19, verse 38 and 39. Neither Joseph nor Nicodemus had openly accepted the Savior while he was living. They knew that such a step would exclude them from the Sanhedrin, and they hoped to protect him by their influence in its councils. For a time, they had seemed to succeed. But the wily priests, seeing their favor to Christ, had thwarted their plans. In their absence, Jesus had been condemned and delivered to be crucified. Now that he was dead, they no longer concealed their attachment to him. While the disciples feared to show themselves openly as his followers, Joseph and Nicodemus came boldly to their aid. Nicodemus, when he saw Jesus lifted up on the cross, remembered his words spoken by night in the Mount of Olives. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. John chapter three, verse fourteen and fifteen on that Sabbath, when Christ lay in the grave, Nicodemus had opportunity for reflection. A clear light now illuminated his mind, and the words which Jesus had spoken to him were no longer mysterious. He felt that he had lost much by not connecting himself with the Savior during his life. Now he recalled the events of Calvary. The prayer of Christ for his murderers and his answer to the petition of the dying thief spoke to the heart of the learned counselor. Again, he looked upon the Savior in his agony. Again he heard that last cry, It is finished spoken like the words of a conqueror again he beheld the reeling earth the darkened heavens the rent veil the shivered rocks and his faith was forever established the very events that destroyed the hopes of the disciples convinced joseph and nicodemus of the divinity of jesus their fears were overcome by the courage of a firm and unwavering faith Amen. the title of our devotion for today is secret friends no longer and the lord would have us learn very important lessons the word of god says to us in the book of second corinthians chapter 3 verse 18 but as we all will open face beholding us in a glass the glory of our lord Are changed into the same image from glory to glory and it is this that we expect to experience even now as we go through this devotion Nicodemus as we know was a ruler in Israel he had an encounter with Jesus in the past it was to this man Nicodemus that those words which arguably is the most popular verse in Scripture was spoken In the book of John chapter 3 verse 16 but I'll just read from verse 14 down to 16 when Nicodemus came to meet Jesus and Jesus was speaking to him Jesus said and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness even so must the son of man be lifted up that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life and then Jesus said for God so loved the world That he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Amen. Those words were not spoken in vain. Jesus had spoken to Nicodemus on how he would have eternal life and the purpose for his coming, and especially Jesus had shown him why he needed a savior. Jesus said, reading from verse 17 now, For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he had not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. And this is the condemnation that light is come into the world and men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. These words did not fall on deaf ears. Nicodemus left Jesus that night contemplating these words. This man was not a vain, superfluous joker like the rest of the rulers in Israel. Also, Joseph of Arimathea both of them. They were not these superfluous people. He was a serious, yet ignorant man but now he had seen the light and he began to appreciate it he secretly followed that is believed in jesus and cherished jesus's teachings as the rift between jesus and the leaders of the jews was getting much jesus had to take caution many times they had tried to kill jesus and jesus also knew that plans were being made as to how this was going to be done but let us just pause for a while to think about it let's read through the word to understand what took place in the book of john chapter 5 reading from verse 14 an experience happened that would bring about great changes it reads afterwards jesus finded him in the temple jesus had healed somebody and he healed this person on the sabbath that was a man who for 38 years was at the pool of bethesda and was crippled now jesus healed this man and they queried him if you look now from verse 16 it says therefore did the jews persecute jesus and sought to slay him because he had done these things on the sabbath day but jesus answered them my father worketh hitherto and i work therefore the jews sought the more to kill him because he not only had broken the sabbath according to them but said also that god was his father making himself equal with god just because of this, they began to lay plans to kill Jesus. Satan had filled the minds of these men with vengeful and wicked thoughts. If not, how can it be that they would seek to kill him for healing someone? Nicodemus, however, was not part of the plot and we will see how he even acted a part in saving Jesus. In the book of John chapter 7, reading from verse 1, it talks about the time when there was supposed to be a feast of tabernacles and at this time they were already looking for Jesus to kill him. It says, after these things Jesus walked in Galilee, for he would not walk in Jewry, because the Jews sought to kill him. Now the Jews' feast of tabernacles was at hand. His brethren therefore said unto him, Depart hence and go into Judea, that thy disciples also may see thy works that thou doest. Jesus responded to them because they didn't believe in him. Verse 6, Jesus said unto them, My time is not yet come, but your time is always ready. The world cannot hate you, but me it hated, because I testify of it, that the works thereof are evil. Go ye up unto the feast, I go not up yet into the feast, for my time is not yet full come. Now, later on, Jesus would go to that feast, but not at the same time with his brothers, because he didn't want them to kill him. He went there when nobody would notice him and he started to teach and the Jews noticed this is the man we've been looking for here he is teaching in the temple verse 28 it says then cried Jesus in the temple as he taught saying you both know me and you know whence I am and I am not come of myself but he that sent me is true whom you know not but I know him for I am from him and he hath sent me then they sought to take him But no man laid hands on him, because his hour was not yet come. Verse 32 now says, The Pharisees heard that the people murmured such things concerning him, because the people were saying, This man is the Messiah. If the Messiah comes, is he going to do anything better than what this man is doing? The Pharisees, when they heard it, then the chief priests and officers, they sought to take him. Verse 45 now says, Hear this, now this is where the focus of our lesson is. They sent soldiers to take Jesus. Verse 45 says, Then came the officers to the chief priests and Pharisees, and and they said unto them, Why have you not taken him? Why have you not brought him? The officers answered, Never man speak like this man. Then answered them the Pharisees, Are you also deceived? Have any of the rulers or of the Pharisees believed on him? But these people who knoweth not the law are cursed now here. Nicodemus said unto them, He that came to Jesus by night being one of them, Doth our law judge any man before it hear him, and know what he doeth? He answered and said unto him, Are thou also of Galilee? Search and look, for out of Galilee ariseth no prophet. This was some time past. Nicodemus helped in preventing the Pharisees from taking Jesus. But this was now past. The Jesus that he sought to protect was now secretly taken and was crucified on the cross how Nicodemus must have felt his plans were thwarted. he couldn't save Jesus this time all the while Nicodemus had not yet completely given himself over to Jesus he had not believed in him as the Messiah but this was about to change as he beheld Jesus on the cross and this is a very important lesson for us it is by beholding Christ that we are changed and that's how we believe in him Like I read earlier in John 3 verse 14, Jesus said himself that as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. In the book of John chapter 12, Jesus said this again, reading from verse 30. Jesus answered and said, This voice came not because of me, but for your sakes now is the judgment of this world now shall the prince of this world be cast out and i if i be lifted up from the earth will draw all men unto me amen if we would only take time to contemplate jesus lifted up from the earth the truth is that we will be drawn to him As Jesus was lifted up on that cross, a lot of people were drawn, even Caiaphas and Annas, the priests, they were drawn just that they they resisted it. There was no way they could see the conduct of Jesus under persecution and not be drawn. And that's what I want us to look at today. Let us look at the conduct of Jesus under persecution as he was lifted up and let us be drawn to him and secondly let us learn how to conduct ourselves under persecution that we may draw others to christ through our character matthew 27 reading from verse 45 says now from the sixth hour this was after jesus has been crucified now from the sixth hour there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour and about the ninth hour Jesus cried with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, that is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Some of them that stood there, when they heard that, said, this man calleth for Elias. And straightway, one of them ran and took a sponge and filled it with vinegar and put it on a reed and gave him to drink. The rest said, let be, let us see whether Elias will come to save him. Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghosts. Of course, at this time, what did he say? We are told in the book of John chapter 19 from verse 28, he says, After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. Now there was set a vessel full of vinegar. And they filled a sponge with vinegar, and put it upon a hyssop, and put it to his mouth. When Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head, and gave up the ghosts. Amen. Continuing now from the book of Matthew 27, from verse 51, he says, And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain, from the top to the bottom and the earth did quake and the rocks rent and the graves were opened and many bodies of the saints which slept arose and came out of the graves after his resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared unto many now when the centurion and they that were with him watching jesus saw the earthquake and those things that were done they feared greatly saying truly this was the Son of God. And many women that were beholding afar off which followed Jesus from Galilee ministering unto him, and among them was Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Joseph and the mother of the Zebedee's children. When the even was come, there came a rich man of Arimathea named Joseph, who also himself was Jesus' disciple. He went to Pilate and begged the body of Jesus. Then Pilate commanded the body to be delivered. And when Joseph had taken the body, he wrapped it in a linen cloth and laid it down in his own tomb, which he had hewn out in the rock. And he rolled a great stone to the door of the sepulchre and departed. And there was Mary Magdalene and the other Mary sitting over against the sepulchre. But it was not just Joseph of Arimathea that was there. We are told in the book of John 19 verse 38 and 39 that Also, Nicodemus, which was, which at first came to Jesus by night and brought a mixture of mire and aloes, about a hundred pounds. So, these two men, who were secret disciples of Jesus, came openly to proclaim their belief in him. And I'll add not just Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus, but there was also the thief on the cross. There was the centurion who confessed with his lips truly, this was the son of of God. What was it that led these men to strongly believe in Jesus? It was not when he was doing those miracles, like I was talking about the thief on the cross yesterday. These men, the thief, Joseph of Arimathea, Nicodemus, Centurion, they believed in Jesus not by the miracles, not by the signs and wonders, not just the teachings alone, but by his character under persecution. That was what made them to trust in Jesus, and this is a lesson for us as we behold Christ and his conduct under persecution, we learn and realize this man is divine, this truly is the Son of God, and not just that conduct, but of course, there were things that happened that were mysterious. Graves were opened, rocks were rent, there was an earthquake, there was this thick darkness that covered the earth that day, and then there was the curtain, the veil of the of the temple that was rent into all these signs, were also impressing the hearts of these people. Nicodemus remembered his teachings. The thief on the cross remembered his teachings. Joseph of Arimathea remembered his teachings, and they remembered that Jesus had said that he was to be lifted especially Nicodemus that he was to be lifted and he would draw all men to him and Nicodemus could not help but be drawn to Jesus as he saw the the work that Jesus was doing on the cross he was drawn towards him even though Jesus was dying the thief believed that he was the son of God even though Jesus was dying Nicodemus believed this was the son of God even though Jesus was dying the centurion confessed this was the Son of God. They didn't have that belief anymore that if he is the Son of God, he will save himself. That is what the chief priest believed. But these men, by faith, even though they saw a dead body of Jesus, they still believed. Even not they still, they now believed. Before then, they did not even believe. But they now believed that truly, this is the Son of God. Nicodemus himself, remember that Jesus said that when he is dying on the cross, that is being lifted up he will draw all men to him and it's not because of those words but nicodemus was actually drawn and we must learn how to draw people over to christ by our conduct by our character ministry of healing page 469 paragraph 1 and downward says there is an eloquence far more powerful than the eloquence of words in the quiet consistent life of a pure true christian what a man is has more influence than what he says. I'll stop here. Did you see that about Christ? All his teachings did not necessarily make people say he's the Son of God but it was his acts, his behavior, his conduct, especially under persecution that brought forth the confession from the centurion, this is the Son of God. It was his conduct under persecution, what he was, not what he said, that made the thief on the cross to exercise such great faith in a man that was crucified like himself and still believe that this man will have a kingdom and tell him remember me when thou comest in thy kingdom it was what jesus was and not what he said continuing from ministry of healing page 469 paragraph 2. the officers who were sent to jesus came back with the report that never man spoke as he spoke But the reason for this was that, never man lived as he lived. Had his life been other than it was, he could not have spoken as he did. His words bore with them a convincing power because they came from a heart pure and holy, full of love and sympathy, benevolence and truth. Let me stop. Oh that I may have this power. Power is not about politics. Power is not about money power is not about education there are so many people today who I want to have this education I want to be in this position so that I can have an influence you tell me what education did Jesus have what position did Jesus have and then what influence did Jesus have he didn't have that which you're striving for why because he didn't need it to have an influence all Jesus needs to rock this world was a character that was pure Holy, full of love and sympathy, benevolence and truth and he changed the world. He didn't need to be the president, he didn't need to be the prime minister, he didn't need to be a king on a throne because he was a king actually but didn't need a throne. He didn't need any of these things in order to rock the world and be of a mighty influence till today, 2000 years later. How did he do it? Never man lived as he lived. It was the character continuing the reading now ministry of healing page 469 paragraph 3 it is our own character and experience that determine our influence upon others in order to convince others of the power of christ's grace we must know its power in our own hearts and lives the gospel we present for the saving of souls must be the gospel by which our own souls are saved Only through a living faith in Christ as a personal saviour is it possible to make our influence felt in a sceptical world. If we will draw sinners out of the swift running current, our own feet must be firmly set upon the rock Christ Jesus. The badge of Christianity is not an outward sign, not the wearing of a cross or a crown, but it is that which reveals the union of man with God by the power of his grace manifested in the transformation of character the world is to be convinced that god has sent his son as its redeemer no other influence that can surround the human soul has such power as the influence of an unselfish life the strongest argument in favor of the gospel is a loving and lovable christian amen so this is what we are to do to learn to behold christ as he was lifted up and be charmed by it, by his conduct and then we also will be transformed into the same image of our Lord and charm the world with a character that is loving and lovable. What is it that Jesus did under persecution? He just practiced what he was teaching. What did he teach? Matthew 5 verse 38. Ye have heard that it had been said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you, that you resist not evil. But whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if a man will sue thee at the law, and take away thy coat, let him have thy cloak also. And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain, and give to him that asketh thee, and from him that will borrow of thee, turn not thou away. You have heard that it had been said, thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, Love your enemies, bless them that curse you, bless, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. That you may be children of your Father which is in heaven, for he maketh his Son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans the same? In the book of Luke six verse thirty three it says, And if you do good to them which do good to you, what thank have ye? For sinners also do even the same. And if you lend. To them of whom you hope to receive, what thank have ye? For sinners also lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love your enemies and do good, and lend, hoping for nothing again. And your reward shall be great, and you shall be the children of the highest. For he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. Be ye therefore merciful, as your Father also is merciful. Amen. It was this that Jesus was practicing while under persecution. He loved his enemies. He was trying to win their souls over to the truth. In his conversation with Pilate, he was trying to win him over. When carrying the cross, he was not in self-pity and weeping for the injustice that was happening to him. Rather, he was thinking of the fate of the women who were weeping for him at that time. In the book of Luke, reading chapter 23, there we see Jesus' concern for the people and not for himself. Reading chapter 23, from verse 27, it says, And there followed him a great company of people, and of women, which also bewailed and lamented him. But Jesus, turning unto them, said, Daughters of Jerusalem, weep not for me, and weep for yourselves and for your children. For behold, the days are coming in the which they shall say, Blessed are the barren on the wombs that never bear, and the paps which never gave suck. Then shall they begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills, Cover us. For if they do these things in the green tree, what shall be done in the dry?" Here we see that Jesus showed his concern not for himself at that time but for the people. He told them, Weep not for me. My case is not as bad. Your case is worse. Weep for yourselves. How is it that Jesus could turn his eyes away from himself? Do you think? Just imagine yourself under persecution. Imagine yourself under distress and oppression. What thoughts usually fill your mind? Most times, it is thoughts of self-pity. That's what usually comes to our mind. And we are always crying. And why are we crying? Because we are pitying ourselves. Oh, look at what they are doing to me. Look at how they are treating me. And sometimes we rant. We are usually offended. Or we shout and feel like I am ra- I'm well within my right to talk this way. But look at the conduct of our Lord Jesus under persecution. He discussed with the people. And his concern was not what they were doing to him at that time. That was not his concern. His major concern was the souls of the people who were persecuting him. He was trying to win them over to the truth. He did it to Pilate, he did it to Judas, he did it to these women and then furthermore when they had crucified him on the cross as Caiaphas, Annas and the chief priests and Jews were mocking him and persecuting him, he did not threaten any of them or insult them. And as the thieves by his side were mocking him, he kept silent until he spoke and the words that came from his lips were this father forgive them for they know not what they do he loved his enemies as he had taught, and he prayed for those who were using him despitefully such a tender and beautiful character from our lord jesus oh that we may be like this hardly have we been misunderstood or falsely accused but we are already losing our cool and screaming at the top of our voices in a sense of our innocence we feel justified to shout and rant and fight for our rights but jesus who had the purest life did not think that on account of this he was justified in losing his cool and being in a fit of anger, or drenching himself in self pity, so that he forgets the needs of others. An example of this is shown in how he was careful to note his mother's sorrow. John nineteen, reading from verse twenty six, says, When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciples standing by, whom he loved, he said unto his mother, Woman, behold thy son. Then said he to the disciple, Behold thy mother. And from that hour, that disciple took her unto his own home. Now, continuing it says, After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. And later on, he said, It is finished. Amen. This is the Lord Jesus whom we are to look at and ask ourselves, Am I like him? Do I have this same character? This is the character that we are supposed to portray under persecution. Isaiah 53 tells us, reading from verse 1, Who had believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He had no form nor comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we shall desire him. He is despised and rejected of men a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he had borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities the chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we are healed as we go through these words in isaiah 53 remember that we are learning two lessons today we must constantly behold christ because it is only by beholding him that we are changed. Look at what happened to Nicodemus, the centurion, the thief on the cross, Joseph of Arimathea, and not them alone, but even after the resurrection of Jesus, it was because of this incident that Peter's preaching had its effect that 3,000 people were baptized into the church in one day. It was as he was lifted up that all men were drawn to him. That is one lesson. And the second lesson is that we are to learn how to draw all men when we also are symbolically lifted up by persecution or by injustice we must learn to conduct ourselves in the right way that through our character we may draw people over to Jesus Peter himself had something to say about this in the book of first Peter Chapter 2 reading from verse 19 he says, For this is thankworthy. If a man for conscience toward God endure grief, suffering wrongfully. For what glory is it if when ye be buffeted for your faults you take it patiently? But if when you do well and suffer for it, you take it patiently, this is acceptable with God. For even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us leaving us an example that you should follow his steps, who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth, who, when he was reviled, reviled not again, when he, was, when he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. For ye were as sheep going astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your souls. The Lord is teaching us a lesson how to conduct ourselves in persecution and thereby draw all men to Christ. The martyrs in the days of the reformation, this was what they used this was the tool they used to draw men to jesus men like john calvin martin luther men that like lefebvre pharrell these men were drawn to be powerful christians why because of the conduct of christians under persecution when the fagot was brought up when the stake was brought up and christians were burnt in the stake the christians will conduct themselves in such humility such love and they will be praying for their persecutors. The calmness, the dignity, people like Louis the Bequin, who dressed himself in royal robes on the day he was going to be persecuted, the day he was going to be burnt to death, and they, they tied him there, and he he dressed in that royal robe, and he sang, and, and he died with dignity. And there were other people who, while they were being burnt, they would sing songs of praise to the Lord, and this thing will touch people as they're looking at it men not a few were transformed like this like the saying goes there has not been any pulpit like the martyrs stick there has not been a better pulpit than that because the way they conduct themselves is the best sermon they preached and we are to learn it and what is the lesson you don't hear them reviling their persecutors you don't hear them threatening them telling them god will punish you telling them the lord will judge you tell things like that they never said anything like that rather like jesus they would rather say lord forgive them for they know not what they do how was it with Paul and Stephen. It was the same thing. Stephen, under persecution, prayed to the Lord. Lord, lead not to their charge. That prayer was what transformed the man called Paul. And many others later in the future would follow that same footstep of Jesus and they would use that pulpit of the cross, pulpit of the stick, pulpit of the Matthias fagots to preach, not with words, but with their actions. Following the footsteps of Jesus, no threatening, no threatening, but prayer for the enemies, love towards them, sincerely from the heart, realizing that these people don't know what they are doing and not wanting them to, that the Lord not wanting them to die on account of what they were doing. the example of our Lord Jesus is for us. Let us behold him and be transformed, reading isaiah 53 Reading now from verse 4, it says, Surely he had borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shearers is dumb, so he openeth not his mouth. He was taken from prison, and from judgment, and who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people was his stricken and he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death because he had done no violence neither was any deceit in his mouth amen my brothers and sisters this lesson is for us it touched Nicodemus reading from conflict and courage page 327 paragraph four we are told on that sabbath when christ lay in the grave Nicodemus had opportunity for reflection and if we conduct ourselves aright under any form of oppression Those who behold us will have opportunity for reflection. Going on it says a clearer light now illuminated his mind and the words which Jesus had spoken to him were no longer mysterious. He felt that he had lost much by not connecting himself with the Savior during his life. Now he recalled the events of Calvary the prayer of Christ for his murderers, and his answer to the petition of the dying thief spoke to the heart of the learned counselor. Again he looked upon the Savior in his agony. Again he heard the last cry, It is finished, spoken like the words of a conqueror. And he beheld the reeling earth, the darkened heavens, the rent veil, the shivered rocks, and his faith was forever established. End of quote. May our faith be forever established as we behold Jesus on the cross through the eye of faith and may we cry out and say truly this was the Son of God this is the Son of God very event that destroyed the hopes of the disciples may it convince us of the divinity of jesus may our fears be overcome and may we have firm courage and unwavering faith in him as the burden bearer that he takes away our sins what sin is it that you have committed the lord jesus on that cross was dying for your sins that death that you are supposed to die that i am supposed to die and oh how many are my sins and perhaps yours too we have sins that the Lord took on the cross, but if we choose not to believe in him as our saviour Then we will have to bear our sins and die our death for ourselves It is the death of Jesus that is the most convincing evidence that he is the son of God as a centurion confessed may we also confess the same thing truly this is the son of God may it not just be in our lips but may it transform our lives and our character that we may behold him and become like him let us pray dear father in heaven oh that we may be like you the power of your character on the cross the power of your life under persecution may it be ours i pray please lord may we have this power that never man will speak as we speak because no man will live as we lived may we also have this power that people may say never man spoke as he spoke but may it be because we will live like our lord jesus christ lord transform us help us lord that as we behold you we will become more like you in the power of a loving and lovable character is my prayer amen <laughs>
1: outside Jerusalem Soldiers led him there to die for them As they nailed the hands that created men He prayed that they would be forgiven A lonely carpenter from Galilee Love the wealth that's found in poverty Heaven's power clothed in humility Let the cross become His destiny Loves me. As the blood flowed from his wounded side Tears of love flowed as my Jesus cried And the people mocked him as he died The innocent was crucified In a bar Buried him with a pauper shroud, they covered him in a grave of hardly any worth. Lay the maker.